Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's time for the second half of our show today. Of course, you're listening to Know Your Enemy. My name is Michael Beck. He is Jeffrey Benedict. We're hanging out, breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers, not San Diego, Los Angeles. I didn't mess it up so far, but there's still time to do so. Uh, Jeffrey, how, how are you feeling about this game? Oh, not great. Hmm. I'm a, I have a feeling Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. And and that's just and we're gonna go. He's gonna go one and eight in the state of California. I, I have a prediction on this. Since you brought it up, I think we're due for one last Big Ben West Coast stinker, like something terrible, like seven for twenty four. You're just like, oh my god, what are we watching? It's just like hard to get through. If Ben plays, I just I, I don't know why. Since the schedules come out, I've just had a feeling this is just gonna be like one of those ugly games. Uh, I, I don't know if we, it's going to be a blowout, but oh, I just have a sickening feeling that it's going to be bad. And, and speaking of things going bad, I, I guess we should probably bring up last week's oh, just terrible game against the Detroit Lions. Well, what are your what are your just quick thoughts on that? Quick thoughts? Oh, okay. I'll I know. I, well, we're rant. about the preview show. We're not about the, <laughs> the, the 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 addressing of what happened, but eh, probably should bring it up. Okay. I- First of all, I want to say with the players the defense lost, holding Detroit to 16 points and 14 drives. Detroit had 14 drives in the game. They scored 16 points. I'm actually really proud of the Steelers' defense. There was that time period where basically they got caught with a, uh, against a, a, an offensive package that 
Detroit wasn't showing beforehand and really uh, attacked them exactly where they're weakest, which is their defensive line uh, depth. When you're putting three defensive linemen out there every play and one of them is a starter, that's not good. They were getting guys to the second level. They were getting guys on everyone. I mean, there was a play where Minka Fitzpatrick was the only person not blocked on a run play. Like you're like you, they won every single matchup and Minka Fitzpatrick had to make the play. And he did. He made the play on that, that actual run. I think it was like a six yard run, but like, Outside of that package, the Steelers' abs defense absolutely dominated the Detroit Lions. Cameron Hayward played more snaps than he'd played since he was 26 in the 2015 season, right? He hasn't played that many snaps in a game since he was 26 years old. When like, That's crazy. It was Keith Butler's first year coaching the defense, right? Like, that's that's a long time ago. Uh, that So I'm, I'm actually very proud of the Steelers' defense on this. On the offense... Wow. <laughs> the oh, how do you fumble worse. twice in overtime? Oh. oh. Well, I will say I will say one of the things that happened is after Kevin Dotson left the game, the Steelers really got away from the run game, partly because once Kevin Dotson left the game, the run game wasn't nearly as good. Uh and so it really what really worries me taking over from that Detroit game to the Chargers is the Chargers are terrible run defense, right? We should be able to run all over them. Well, if we don't have Trey Turner and Kevin Dotson, right? You've got Dan Moore Jr. who is is not good. Pass blocking, pass protecting, not good. Really good run blocker. But if you go, if you move to the right from him, it's J.C. Hassenhauer, Kendrick Green, Joe Hegg, Chukwuma Korafor. That's not a line that can run block. You're not you're not looking at that line going, yeah, let's go get them, guys. Let's the smash mouth football. That, that's not that's not that line. Right? That's not gonna cut it. So to me, if those if those guards are out, this is gonna be a rough, rough game because it doesn't matter how bad the Chargers are at run defense, we're gonna be worse on offense because we don't have the blockers. Oh gosh, you just get a little sick pit in your stomach just thinking about it. But uh to, to move on from that game, but get, kind of ties in with it. When you're speaking about the defense, there's one name that uh, constantly got brought up, and it's already getting brought up a ton in our live chat here. This is Devin Bush. Uh, a lot of people want to see him on the bench now. Um, it, it, I am definitely leaning towards him having regressed. He has not looked anything like himself since tearing his ACL. He was an absolute stud his sophomore season until he tore his ACL, one, one of the best linebackers in football. Now he mm-hmm. looks timid. He looks like he's running away from contact. He doesn't look like someone that's a linebacker in the NFL. What's going on with him? Uh, he has lost a step right now. I don't, and it's, I, I keep saying this, like right now he's slowed by injury. We don't know if he's ever going to get that back, right? We don't actually know at this point if he's going to get that back. That's one part. Devin Bush used to be able to use his agility and his quickness to get around linemen. He didn't so much get off of them. He would engage with them, but then boom, slip that and get past them because he was just wicked athletic. He's lost that. That takes time to adjust to the fact that like you, you normally would have done this one thing, but you just can't do it now. It's just not going to work. Uh, I think we see him trying to do that. We saw, There was a play. Uh, where he tried to like run around an offensive lineman blocking into the, the C gap. 
to try to run around him and get back, and it was he couldn't. Like, yeah, you you used to do that, but you can't do that right now. The other the other point I want to make on the linebackers is something that's very much a problem with the team we're facing this week with the Chargers, and that is when you build a team around a defensive line and then you have linebackers that are small and fast and can cover, right? The goal is that defensive line keeps those linebackers clean. That's the goal. That's the idea behind that. That's not happening. Against Detroit, they were regular getting regularly getting guards on Justin on uh Joe Schobert and Devin Bush. They're not winning that. They're not going to win against a guard. Like they're not like I like I like I've said before. How many players are like Vince Williams are there left in the NFL? I mean, we talked about that in the offseason. There's not many like that left in the NFL. They're just not built that way. And if you can't keep guards from getting to your linebackers, all of a sudden, the guy that needs to make the play on the tackle is Minka Fitzpatrick. And one of the things you see, the same thing between the Steelers and the Chargers, is they both teams have a free safety leading their team in tackles, especially in run tackles. And when you're running, when your major guy tackling the running back is your free safety, that's bad. That's very, very bad. And it's not your safety's fault. In our case, I don't even put it completely on the linebackers. Yeah, the linebackers aren't as good as what we'd like them to be. Uh, I put it mostly on the defensive line. Yeah, uh, it's been huge uh, with those injuries, of course, to Tyson Alualu and Stefan Tuit, who by the week, the closer we get here, once we hit around week 13, you, you kind of just assume he's going to be done for the year. Um, it's been really tough. Uh, the Steelers, of course, their backups are a little undersized, can get pushed around a little bit outside of Cam Hayward, of course. But in, in hindsight, I know the Steelers had the opportunity to make a move for Fletcher Cox. Would you have it, hindsight now, having seen this defensive front get pushed around so much and had the ball r- run against them? Hindsight, would you have been more pressed to make a move at the deadline to try to upgrade that defensive front to try to uh, clean up these uh, linebackers? Yes, absolutely. But I want to go farther than that, Michael. Do you remember who my draft crash w- crush was? The one player I wanted more than anything else. Oh, it was a D lineman. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. Christian Barmore from Alabama. You know what he was doing uh, in the New England Patriots game? That dude is eating double teams for breakfast. Yeah. He's over there absolutely dominating. If you haven't one-on-one, he's wrecking your entire play. Teams are double teaming that guy regularly, and he still holds the point of attack. And I'm sitting there. I was watching some I was watching uh, some, some New England Patriots football, and I was just like, oh, I was crying inside. I understand, <laughs> and I said it at the time, I understand. Najee Harris, running back, that's a big need. That's very important. And Najee Harris is the best player on our offense. But I've never been a big fan of offense. I'm a defense-first guy. And, and I, it just it just killed me watching film of, of Christian Barmore absolutely just wrecking on the defensive line and then watching what we have, right? And I've been a big supporter of guys like Henry Mundo, right? I like the guy. He's a good depth piece. He is a situational, rotational player who, in the right circumstances, gives you value, right? In a rotation. If if you're up and you're playing a lot of dime, yeah, put him in there because he's a decent pass rusher. He, he was in there against Detroit because we only have, what, five defensive linemen? And, they were, and we were playing three every snap. You've got to rotate those guys out. And he had to go in, and they were just 
bullying him. Oh my goodness, that, it was ugly. Well, it really sucks too. Is Carlos Davis? Uh, he's also on the injured list. He's probably be one of the top backups too. Uh, had he have been healthy, so the Steelers really oh, just a bullet to their foot. It's really tough for them. Uh, tough sledding for his defensive line. Look like you have a thought there. Well, we actually, I was going to say, we added his brother, uh, but Khalil Davis is, is not a very stout run defender. I was like, we added another pass rusher. And I'm like, I'm like <laughs> you know, Isaiah Loudermilk, and, and then we have Isaiah Loudermilk, who's our, who's our second best run defending defensive lineman. He played like 11 snaps. He looked pretty good too, to throw yeah. that out there. I feel like Loudermilk should be getting more of these well, snaps. Other than when he faced your guy, Taylor Decker. Who you wanted the Steelers to try and acquire, and that's not that's not going to happen because he just absolutely well, he's one of the dominated best in that game. That one, yeah. the one outside run where he's just straight up blocking Alex Highsmith and containing him, just like you're not going anywhere. Alex Highsmith is one of the better run defending edge, edges in the league. Like that, you don't see that often. You don't run to his side outside and just run and just be clear like that. Uh, Taylor Decker handled Cam Hayward a couple of times, just one versus one won that matchup not even like oh kind of did enough that they could get around no like straight up moved Cameron Hayward the guy in his first game back was dominant oh that that was crazy I'm I'm, you know I'm gonna predict watching the film on that that Detroit's not gonna go zero and 17 or 0 16 and one they're winning a game because this their offensive line with Decker coming back is is a world different than it was before Oh, and their center, too, is out for the year. I'm blanking on his name, but they have one of the best centers in football as well. The, yeah. The Lions They had for, completely built around this offensive line, and then they just weren't healthy. For their lack of talent, they have one of, if not the best offensive line in football when they're 100% healthy. But yeah. uh, that is uh, neither here nor there. But for this not Sunday's for this game, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, for this Sunday's game, looking at the Steelers injury report, I know we kind of broke down the Chargers side of things in the first half. Boy, oh boy, does it look grim. If, if everyone's out, so say Ben's not playing, um, Dotson's not playing, say Turner's not playing, so say Joe Hayden, say TJ Watts, say Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, is there a hope in heck, or are the Steelers losing by 40 this week, or what's going on here? I, I don't have much hope. Like, you know, I've, I've from the start of the season, I penciled this in as a loss. Uh, oh, from, yeah. Like, our offseason shows, I was just like, yeah, we're losing to the Chargers. It's in L.A. Like we're we're gonna lose that, uh, but I, I anything can happen. Devlin Hodges won. <laughs> like Devlin Hodges came in in L.A. and won. Man, I don't know. Maybe Dwayne Haskins comes in and is like, they said I threw lazy passes and just you know maybe he's in there in the huddle on his phone and then throwing touchdowns. Who knows? Uh, I, you don't know what could happen. But to me, yeah, it, it looks pretty bad. And here's here's a question I want to ask you because you you've played football and you coach it once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you will, there have been people who have been saying, you know what, everyone who's banged up, sit them, go in there and basically like tank the game, have a bye week, right? Another bye, have a bye week for these guys. Let them get healthy. Don't risk them. What does that kind of an idea like? What would that do to a team? Is that is that a viable option or is that gonna like have cost to it in momentum and team i don't know whatever philosophy attitude what do no, you think psyche would be way down the the, the two th- thoughts behind this here would be number one on, on like the positive side is that everyone's gonna get healthy 
I think people would appreciate that to a degree. But once you start talking about, oh, you know what, this game doesn't matter, then you're going to start losing the locker room. Uh, once, you, once you start saying like, oh, uh, it's just one game. Uh, there's only 17 of them. And each yeah. game means so much in professional football. It's, it's just not an option. Uh, if guys are healthy enough to play, they're going to play. And that's one of the things, too. If you're 10 weeks into a football season like we are, 100%, there is not one guy in that locker room that is 100% healthy. There's not one. There's some like Everyone's dealing with something, some sort of low-grade ankle sprain or wrist sprain or pulled muscle. People are battling through something. Every single player in the league. That's just what it comes down to in football, especially at that level. Everyone's hurt. So it really isn't an option to just be like, oh, you know what? We're banged up, so we'll just give the star players a week off. It, it, it just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. And you can't just throw a game away. Uh, it, that's just that's one of those things that you'll lose your locker room just like that. Uh, and I don't care who the head coach is. All of a sudden, you make one decision like that, and then everyone's looking at you different in meetings. And everyone's like, oh, are we sure this is the guy? And then those whispers start coming up, and only bad things come from that. So I really don't think that is an option. Uh, perhaps they could go into the game saying, okay, th these guys are banged up, so we will play you a little bit less you may, you may play 50% of the snaps just because you're so injured but like you're close enough to playing you could see something like that but with with how banged up this team is right now and the environment they're going into and that brutal loss i i have very low expectations of this game to me if i if i wasn't to covering it for BTSC and doing the tweets and the post-game press conference breakdown and all the things that we love to do for the site. This I, I have the feeling this is the game that kind of turns into the one where it's the fourth quarter and you're like, oh, what else do I have to do on a Sunday night? That that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I'm the impression I'm getting right now. But it is any given Sunday. Is that the kind of vibe you're getting to, Jeffrey? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And these are the games. These are the I don't know. This this is the Steelers. Like you have that game against the Lions, where you're like, you know, no matter what happens, there's no reason you should lose to the Lions, right? And then we manage to tie them, which is more frustrating. I, I think the tie is the most frustrating result because in football, not only have your team failed to win and haven't even been delivered the loss that they played bad enough to receive, but then you get an extra seven minutes of just football that goes nowhere, right? And that was some really, really frustrating football in overtime. So it, I think, and then for the non-result at the end of overtime, you're just like, really? Like, like really? What? Like, I feel like I've wasted my my entire day. Like, you just, you just stole like four hours of my life and, and I'm not happy about it. I, I think that's kind of like, ties almost feel worse than a loss in the NFL. I, I definitely can get on board with that. That was a that was a brutal one to get through, and one of the hardest games I think I've ever watched, start to finish, and that includes that three point game against the Dolphins uh, on that rainy Monday night. That was still a fun game. It, it was like it yeah. was a it was hard game, but it was fun. Like the the yeah. monsoon, this this the disgusting field that they're trying to trudge through. It was still enjoyable all those years ago now, but that was just that was just tough. Fumbling twice in overtime and not even getting an opportunity to get Boswell on the field when he's proven he can kick those long field goals. It was just, oh, that was a game that you feel like the Steelers probably win uh, nine times out of ten, even in those situations. But the two fumbles, oh, that was just a yeah. brutal way to go out. And my point is, like, 
the Steelers will do that. And then you'll have a game you're sitting there and saying, you know what, the Steelers, this is a loss. The Steelers are going to lose this game. And they come out and win it. And they often win it in like an improbable way, in a weird way. Somebody stepping up or some, you know, crazy plays going on, something weird. Uh, so I'm not writing the Steelers out. In fact, I, I'm probably going to pick them to win this. Uh, but I don't know. It's just, it's one of those games where you just, what is this game going to be like? It, it could go any, any, literally any direction. I don't know. Yeah, it's really trend. Like all the all the factors are against them. I, I like when you look at it. They're traveling across the country. It's a night game, uh, which I I know the Steelers play good in prime time, but it's prime time on the West Coast. Um, it, like it, and it just keeps going down from there. They, they stink on that coast. Uh, all the injuries. Who knows who's going to be a quarterback? Apparently, Ben's not even going to all the meetings. That was kind of the thing that popped up today. So, like, a lot of factors are against this team. Does that make them uh, more likely to win because they're just the Steelers and that's what they do? Or is this something where you're like, oh, like, every factor feels against this team right now? Yeah, I I, I just can't. I, I can't. Tomlin coaches his best when he's in a bad spot. And this is a bad spot. So, I, I don't know. This could be one of those games where Tomlin just pulls something out and, and wins it. Uh, one thing I do want to talk, though, about is uh, Mason Rudolph. I wanted to bring up Mason Rudolph because this is huge in this game, especially if he is the quarterback. Uh, I, I I feel like Mason Rudolph is worse in Matt Canada's offense than he was in Randy Feekner's offense, which is weird because Randy Feekner's offense was pretty much just bad. And in Matt Canada, like, the whole idea is run more of the college stuff. Like, Run more stuff like he saw and ran when he was in college. This is stuff Mason Rudolph theoretically was more was comfortable running before. And man, does he just look bad at it? Like, really, the RPOs were a huge problem for Ben last season. Then, like, Ben got better at it this year, and it's actually been pretty good. And then Mason Rudolph comes in and, and just is bad at RPOs. Like, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. You, I really expected and was looking forward to seeing Mason Rudolph both last year and this year running more Matt Canada stuff. Like you remember before the, the last game of the season last year when we found out Mason Rudolph was going to start that game. I was excited for it because I was like, I want to see Matt Canada put more Matt Canada stuff in the offense. And then there was actually less of it. It was more of a Randy Feekner offense. And this year, yeah, he, he played and we did less. We did less of that stuff, and the offense was more vanilla and more predictable. So for me, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I Just off the whole, you know, it's it's my whole deal of Ben Roethlisberger being terrible in California, and we always lose when Ben Roethlisberger plays in California. But, man, I, I don't know if I want Mason Rudolph simply because, oh, he's he doesn't fit this offense. It's It's pretty bad. So today, I don't know if, if you saw, but on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I had a pretty forward-looking article on uh, where the positions kind of rank for the Steelers' kind of top off-season priorities. Of course, quarterbacks at the top of the list. I, I don't think that was going to be uh, all that surprising to anyone. But uh, as we sit here right now, after that game Rudolph played and these rumors that Haskins is distracted and Ben's looking old, is it fair to say that the 2022 starting quarterback is not on this roster? Right now, 
I I have disagreed with that consistently, but I'm leaning more towards that. I I uh, I honestly think we could see a Jacoby Brissett. We could see somebody like that bring him in to be like that Mike Tomzak, be that kind of bridge to the next guy. Uh, I really don't think we're going to get a big name. I really don't. I don't. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. I don't think he's coming to Pittsburgh. Like, I think that's where we're we're where we'd be wrong. Uh, I so, expect a veteran transition. To to cut you off there though, that we are in this new era when players are unhappy when there's a lot of losing, they want out. Uh, so you have to when you have star players and the Steelers have those and T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick. You need a win, or the rest of your star players are going to start asking to get the heck out of town. With more pressure like that, having a Jacoby Brissett basically means we're just punting on a season. You're not winning a Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, what what happens then? Uh, do, do the Steelers need to sign Brissett or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and make their first-round pick a quarterback and hope they can just take it over? It, it, we're just not in that era anymore where you can just throw – a C plus quarterback at the mix and just be like, yeah, we're fine going six and 11 this year. It just with the modern athlete, that just doesn't seem like a viable option to me. I think I honestly, I honestly think we could do better than that with Jacoby Brissett. I honestly think we could, he was, he was, I mean, he got drafted based on his play in Matt Canada's offense. The guy, it's a, it's a good fit. And I, it would be to me, it would be an investment in, Let's get Matt Canada running what Matt Canada wants to run. Let's get that established, and then we we bring in a kid, a, a young guy, and and ease him into the system. Let him learn it from someone who can run it legit, who can really, really run it. That would be my side. And I think if the offensive line comes together at all, the young guys, if, if Dan Moore Jr. improves, if Kendrick Green gets an offseason where he builds up the strength levels to where, you know, gets a little size and strength on him to 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 fill out his his center role, uh, I, I think this could work. I, th- I think that could work. I may be delusional, uh, but I, I think I think we could see Matt Canada's offense do better with that kind of situation. We'd still have the worst quarterback in the North, though. That's that's the thing to me. I like uh, th- well, that, it's gonna that be- just makes you sweat. Even if we drafted, even if like, okay, if you take Ben Roethlisberger as a rookie, he wouldn't be better than these guys next year, right? He he wasn't like, he was winning games with a defense and a run game, but it took him several years to grow into that. We're going to be the worst quarterback in this division for a little while. Like that's just we're, we're, where we're going to be. Yeah, it just seems like things are timing up for uh, not to be <laughs> not to be so good for us and good for the other teams, but hopefully they can figure something out. As we do approach the end of the show, though, uh, to get back into this weekend's game, Jeffrey, who is going to win Sunday night football between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Los Angeles Chargers, and what is that final score going to be? Before I do that, I want to really quick give myself a shout-out. I predicted on this show last week, Detroit beating the Steelers 20 to 17. And as they lined up to kick the field goal in overtime that they would shank horribly, I was sitting there looking at the screen and just, it was just say the sinking feeling in my chest that I was like, they're going to win this 19 to 16 when I predicted 20 to 17. Like it's going to be 19 to 16. And when we actually did the staff prediction article, right? I wrote in there 19 and 16 because that's what I thought I'd put. It said it on our show, and I'd actually, but sure. I had, I oh, yeah. wrote it in there, 
And then sure. when Mason, I actually wrote in there, I originally picked the, the Detroit Lions to win this game, but now I changed it. It's going to be a crazy score. It's going to be a weird one. I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Chargers 15 to 13. Okay, I am going with the Los Angeles Chargers smacking the very beat-up Pittsburgh Steelers in a tough one. I think this one's going to be 34-10, and it's going to be hard to watch from start to finish, and it's going to be one of the worst games in some time. That's honestly just what I feel like is is coming down the pipeline here. I don't even think it's that hard of a take. If we're down both those guards, the offense is going to be in real trouble. Well, the offense was in real trouble against not a very good defense last week, and then they they couldn't put up points then. They're traveling across the country, and they have less bodies for an entire game now. So I I feel sick oh. to my stomach in this one. But, Jeffrey, before we sign out, what do you want to plug for the people? Uh, I had a vertex come out today that I'm very proud of. Uh, it was all about how the Steelers faced and uh, the, the reasons they struggled against the Detroit Lions run game and how they ended up solving that and how they fixed the problem. It's, it's quite interesting. It's all about – if you're interested in how in-game adjustments occur, right? It's it's mostly about that. Looking at the formation changes, how they were moving people around. Uh, it's it was a good one. I was I was very pleased with it. I thought there was good stuff in there. Um, so check that out. That's that's my main one. Hey, and all as always, make sure you're clicking over to behindthesteelcurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Most importantly, we know there's tons and tons of injury news uh, that uh, you'll get first at BTSC. So make sure you're clicking over to the website because uh, you're going to want to know who's who's in and who's out of that COVID uh, list and who's actually practicing because there's a ton of it coming down the pipeline each and every day. So make sure you're, you're checking the website if, if it's just for that because uh, that will give you everything you need to know for Sunday's matchup. But uh, aside from that, make sure you're listening to the entire podcast platform, because if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, you're only getting about the third of the story. There is so much great content for you if, if you listen to your podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pandora, Spotify, what have you. You will be able to get your podcast from BTSC and all our great other titles uh, there. So for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. You've been listening to Know Your Enemy, and we'll catch you guys next week. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.